Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. So I don't know if you guys heard the latest news about Dunk Baby. What? Dunk Baby is stepping down from professional sports because of how hard he slammed that ball last Sunday. Because there's an investigation that's pending and he just wants to kind of step away. The slam heard round the world. (laughs) Uh, Dunk Baby, hashtag Dunk Baby, the baby that dunks. This is not an Academy Awards podcast. Welcome to season 10, episode 21 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is Julius Travis Caesar, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Traviva Zapata. Yes. A.k.a. Last Tango and Travis. Oh, <laughs> and I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer. Why does it have to be in Travis? <laughs> I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Sean the Waterfront, a.k.a. The Wild Sean, a.k.a. Sean-Eyed Jacks. And in our third seat, the Chop Shop Regulator, Julia Chelsea-Zer. Hell yeah. A.k.a. Chelsea Nora, a.k.a. Apocalypse Now. What? Apocalypse Now, but with Chelsea in it. Apocalypse Now. Okay, I hear Apocalypse it. Now. Further description of the show, the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Disclaimer, though, you guys... You are forewarned. We're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. That's truly the heart of darkness. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we make them an author they can't refuse. All right. With that, we're going to go into our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the time between episodes proper we uh, pay attention to stories that relate to the world of cinema that relate to recasts or biopics or that you the chop shoppers out there might find interesting and we hope you do Uh, first we have to start it off with an r.i.p rest in peace and rest in power to foo fighters drummer taylor hawkins dead at 50 found in his hotel room in colombia they were on tour there uh supporting their New album, the 10th album, which I have not yet heard. I hear it's very metal. What a loss. Yeah, he yeah, just right? made his big film debut in Studio 666. Which was awesome. I think we've talked about it a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. And it really is just a, a huge loss. And he had been with Foo Fighters since uh, their early stages. He, 97. They fired, they fired their original drummer or parted waves with their original drummer. And then very quickly, he joined the band. And prior to that, he had been the touring drummer for Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Uh, Go Canada, right? Hell yeah. Um, So once again, huge loss. Rest in peace. Rest in power to him. Uh, And then probably the biggest story that came out of the Academy Awards ceremony this past Sunday... 
The Queen of Basketball won the Oscar for Best <laughs> Documentary Short. It was produced by Shaquille O'Neal, Steph Curry, and Dunk Baby. Uh, <laughs> it's the story of Lucia Harris, and it only gets better. It's now won an Oscar. And just like his longtime Los Angeles Lakers teammate Kobe Bryant did four years ago, in another category, Shaquille O'Neal can now say he's an Oscar winner as well. And that comes to, to us from ESPN. Uh, next, Ezra Miller, star of The Flash, is arrested in Hawaii for disorderly conduct. Ironically, not arrested for flashing. I guess we still need to talk about Kevin. Per authorities via Variety, the star of The Flash and Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, was removed from the karaoke bar where Miller, quote, was allegedly yelling obscenities and, quote, became agitated when people began singing karaoke. <laughs> At a karaoke bar. I don't think he what knows. A fucker. I don't think he knows how those work. <laughs> Police say Miller refused numerous requests from the bar owner to quote calm down, then allegedly quote grabbed the microphone from a 23 year old woman who was mid song, and later lunged at a 32 year old man playing darts. So he's on some other shit. Well, right he also got kicked out of a bar like a week prior. Really? For kind of pulling the same shit, being a little shithead. Whatever happened to the perks of being a wallflower? This is what happened to you fuck with the speed force. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. We've got another one here. Um, Bruce Willis, guys. Oh. Bruce Willis has been diagnosed with aphasia. And I have to be honest, I other than the fact that it is a... Um, disorder of the mind a brain disease i don't really know much else chelsea can you expand on that at all so the the part of it the aphasia part uh -huh. the prefix i guess means like language it can be caused by a there's, tumor there's like three or four different types yeah okay but it just comes down to not being able to express any language or being able to understand it. The most common way you get it is from a stroke. Okay. The other is brain tumor, but also like a brain injury. Right. So A, I'm wondering how this happened to is him. Is it something that occurred on set? I've never heard uh, whether or not he was big on doing his own stunts. I would think that... Um, I heard something about a... Um a blank from a gun that was fired well, at the wrong that's time. That's the other thing that, that, could that happen. might have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff surrounding this and the guys at red letter media started to touch the iceberg on this before the truth came out from the family, because there was a lot of speculation that he had dementia, which is why he was doing all these, as they call them geezer teasers, right, which is was... where he works one weekend and fills about 15 minutes of time on a movie and gets paid 2 million bucks. I think I texted you in the last, since 2019, he's done 23 films. Something like that, yeah. I mean, he's Over been cranking up. So the speculation was that he was bankrolling for his family. So when he finally backed out a film, they were cut, they were taken care of. Yeah. So well, the, it's really sad that this is super the sad. way it's gone down. But the good thing is, is I think that in the end, we're going to remember him for all the good shit he did. Yeah. You know, the Die Hard, Pulp Fiction. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> yes, of course. And, you know, his brief stint as a musician, Bruno. Bruno, I love that album. All right. So uh, our hearts go out to him. And we've got a couple more stories. And these came out on April 1st. So I hope they're not April Fool's jokes. Right? Yes. First, Jim Carrey has announced that he's 
almost pretty serious about retiring. He says Sonic 2 will be his last film. Well, go out on a high note, I guess. He's had a good run. Not in, not very recently, but um, there was a time in the early 2000s where he was making like prestige pieces, like um, highbrow art movies. Oh, Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine, for example. Yeah. It's just kind of weird, his, his arc. He says he likes his quiet life. So... And, and of course, he was a record breaker in like the mo- as being the most paid actor at certain times in his career. Oh, also another story, another um, interesting story. This one deals with a biopic. Uh, they're making a George Clinton biopic about the Godfather of Funk and the Parliament Funkadelic, and who is playing George Clinton? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, which is. I guess it's a, a solid choice. He does have a little bit of a musical acumen. Um, party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. That's all she wants to do is party all the time. And I don't know. I cautiously await that movie. Chelsea, any thoughts on that? No. All right. That's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. You guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Avast, me hearties. Everybody Loves Raymond ran from 1996 to 2005. Peter Boyle was 61 when it started and 70 when it ended. That's really all I got. Shout out to Long John Silvers, which got its start in Lexington, Kentucky. Sadly, we only have one store left in Lexington, and it's about to be demolished so that one of our local library branches can be expanded. No word yet on whether or not it will reopen somewhere else, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Our me tears are watering down me grog. See you scurvy dogs when we set sail again next time. All right, that's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. And thank you, Dana, for that. And I'm so glad that we didn't have to walk the plank after any of our errors. This brings us to the theme of the episode. Born on April 3rd, which is the day when this episode should go kerplunk. In 1924, we're talking about the film's of Brandon Marlowe. <laughs> I know I'm a day late, but did I April Fools you guys? Yeah, that was <laughs> for a good. quick second. You guys totally thought fooled. I... <laughs> uh, Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando Jr. In fact, uh, was an American actor considered one of the most influential actors of the 20th century. He received numerous accolades throughout his career, which spanned six decades, including two Academy Awards, two Golden Globes, and three British Academy Film Awards. He's definitely a very prominent figure in American cinema, but he's also a polarizing figure, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. He's had his outbreaks and antics right uh, throughout his entire career. How do you feel about him in just in terms of his acting ability? Um, if you just look at the work on film, he's very accomplished, right. very good. Uh, he's talented. He can cover a wide range. And again, if you just look at the work and right. don't get confused, if you separate or the art from the artist. Absolutely. Uh, 
the work is solid. And if you don't separate the art from the artist, if you look at the person. I would hate to fucking direct him. I would hate to work with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just watch the documentary about uh, uh, the, the island of Dr. Island Dr. Moreau. Dr. Moreau and yes. that's all you need to hear. Chelsea, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this actor. I know you watched a couple of his big ones for the first time uh, this past week. Is that correct? Uh, one. Okay. But I just, I watched, what, Julius Caesar within the last, like, year and a half for the first time. I think we did Roman Yeah, we something. did, and I watched it for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a good actor, but sort of like some of the shit I'm finding out about him. Right. I don't know. That being said, uh, I think we've got a couple of couple of pretty uh, interesting choices for our recast tonight. But before we get to that, we are going to get into our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. The Midnight Double Feature is where each of us around the panel suggest two films that we feel are viable candidates for a double feature. Uh, they might not be movies that we actually like, but we feel that they have enough of a connective tissue, a tangential relationship that they would pair well together. Chelsea, could you go ahead and give us your double feature? I'm dying to know. I sure can. I watched Apocalypse Now for the first time. Okay. Holy shit. I can't believe I have waited 35 years. Yeah. I've... I've I feel the same way about another movie we're going to talk about tonight. But um, what what really stood out to you was it uh, his his descent into madness? I think it, I think it was the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, Martin Sheen was so fucking good. In yeah, it. he's really Holy good. Shit, he was so good. Um, you see a lot of what Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen would look like later in. Oh, I think he's Martin the perfect Sheen. like mix of yes, both of them. Yeah. In that Brando reminded me of Billy Zane when they had like the weird close ups of That's just interesting his eye. That you say that because there is a Marlon Brando biopic in development starring Billy Zane. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The movie is long, mm -hmm. but it felt like it sort of went by within 20 minutes. I was so engaged the entire time. You watched Redux? I did, because that's what okay. I'm pairing it with. So this one's from 1979. Okay. I'm pairing it with 2001's The Redux. Oh, so did you watch both of them? Uh, I, no, but okay. I still feel like I can do that. Okay, yeah. So um, what do you think are the biggest differences between the movie that people saw in the theaters and then the Redux version? So just based on what Sean told me were the yeah. added in scenes, there's some context that okay. you miss otherwise. Would have been lost. Um, and so I'm glad I watched this one first. Yeah. And I'm not even mad about the length. It was so fucking good. God, Very it was nice. so good. And Sean, can you expand on that between the different, uh, yeah. the different pieces between the there versions? Is, there is an entire scene with a group of French people who are living in Cambodia that they happen upon. And I think uh, um, Sheen like hooks up with one of the women at, mm. at that thing. That was like the only time Sheen has some sort of sexual, you know, predilection. Where the other ones, they have their, their they chase after the Playboy bunnies, mm -hmm. which in the Redux they actually hook up with the Playboy bunnies. Okay, there is all there are also some very short scenes leading up to the arrival at Kurtz's uh, encampment mm -hmm. that kind of fill in some gaps about how crazy the rest of the crew had become that that being right. um chef who by the oh. way is the uh, army surplus store owner in falling down oh wow yeah made that connection and lance so 
if you watch the original, it's like you kind of know everybody's losing their minds, uh-huh. but it, there's a gap, and they're like, oh well, they're they obviously have lost their minds, but this kind of fills in the spaces there, yeah. and I thought that was very very important. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, Chelsea had fun uh, identifying Lawrence Fishburne. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was Larry. Great. Larry Fishburne. <laughs> oh, so Little Larry. Well, the other thing, the scene where they um, are trying to surf with what's his Robert name? Robert Duvall. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Sean was like, "This is the craziest thing you'll ever see." Blah blah blah. And coming from a military background, that scene in particular struck a chord with me. From like an R and R perspective. No. It, you're in the middle of this war, this battle, and mm-hmm. all of this death and destruction is going on around you. And this guy just wants to surf. Yeah. And it becomes a coping me- mechanism, much like the fucking reason I hate Michael Moore, who put in Bowling for Columbine a bunch of these young soldiers on camera comparing killing people in the Middle East to a fucking video game. And it's mm. like, what the shit would you do? They're 18. They're yeah. children. All right, Sean, over to you. What is yeah, your really, double feature? Uh, I'm going to try to be brief because we're going to go in redux link on this episode. Excellent. No, 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 no. You're not. That's fine. Um, I'm kind of doing like a second fiddle double feature, okay. if you will. This is going to be, for example, I'm starting with uh, Brando's other Tennessee Williams film. Okay. And that's going to be 1960's The Fugitive Kind. The uh, Fugitive Kind. Mm-hmm. And this is directed by Sidney LeMay. And uh, it's based on Orpheus Descending. Okay. And it's a cool movie. I love this. I'm not going to get too much into the plot other than he plays a character whose nickname is Snakeskin. He's a guitarist who wears like a snakeskin jacket. So he gets in, he goes to New Orleans. He's a drifter. He has like a questionable past. He starts working in a shop of uh, like a general store kind of shop. And it's run by this older Italian lady and her awful, awful cancer riddled husband who lives Ooh. upstairs and constantly beats on the, the, mm-hmm. the floor with his stick. And she has to go up and check on him. He's being pursued by um, Carol Couturier, played by Joanne Woodward, as well as a simple housewife named V. Talbot. So everybody's vying for his affection, except for the Italian lady. And of course, that's the one he kind of takes a shine to. That's how it goes. But the interesting thing about this movie is that everybody in this film is sleazy. There's a there's this there's this greasy sheen to everything mm-hmm. except for Marlon Brando's character Snakeskin. He is shot in the same lighting as somebody in that time would shoot a beautiful woman. He's very glamorous looking, whereas everyone else is very dirty and just plain. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird flip flop that you did that you would see from that time period. So. It's cool. I really like it. I think this is far superior to the other Tennessee okay. Williams uh, Marlon Brando movie. I'm following that up with The Freshman from 1990. So this mm-hmm. would be his second fiddle uh, mafioso character where he was essentially imitating his Vito Corleone character from The Godfather. You uh, you kind of stepped on my joke <laughs> earlier. I said, was this before The Graduate? Because The Freshman? Yes, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, directed by Andrew Bergman. He was the writer-director of Striptease, Honeymoon in Vegas. He was also the director of It Could Happen to You. It stars Matthew Broderick, uh, Marlon Brando, Penelope Ann Miller, and Bruno Kirby. Broderick is robbed moments before arriving in New York. Um, he sees his mugger several days later. Uh, he confronts him. The man promises to return his property and get him a job with his uncle, Carmine Sabatini, played Uh-oh. by Marlon Brando. Uh, he turns out to be a mafia boss. Um, 
He does the shady work for Carmine. He discovers an elaborate underworld that he's uh, that's caught the attention of the authorities. And uh, things come to a head. Not everything is what it seems. And also, there's a giant Komodo dragon. Oh. So. Okay. And uh, of the two of them, which one would you recommend? Oh, the fugitive kind. <laughs> the fugitive kind. Seek this movie out. It's highly underrated. It wasn't the one-armed man. All right, I've got a double feature in which Marlon Brando is playing famous military figures, uh, revolutionaries, if you will. Uh, The first one is Viva Zapata from 1952, directed by the great Elia Kazan. And it's got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mexican rancher Emiliano Zapata, played by Marlon Brando, becomes a revolutionary when corrupt president Porfirio Diaz, played by Faye Roop, ignores the needs of his people. Zapata, his brother, Eufemio, played by Anthony Quinn, and Northern Rebel Pancho Villa, played by Alan Reed, also a white guy, uh, band together behind Diaz's political opponent, Francisco Madero, played by Harold Golden, also a white guy. Uh, Harold Gordon, excuse me. Uh, but when Madero's administration, particularly General Victoriano Huerta, played by Frank Silvera, not a white guy, proves just as corrupt as the one that it replaced, Zapata is spurred to further action. Uh, so it's a historical movie. They definitely took some liberties, especially by casting white dudes as Mexicans. Um, but it is an example of Marlon Brando playing a revolutionary figure a very um for his people revered revolutionary figure and then i'm going to pair that with uh 1954's desiree desiree uh play or directed by henry coster we've got no rating on rotten tomatoes but also based on real events involving napoleon bonaparte uh in which marlon brando plays napoleon bonaparte and i think it's been established that marlon brando is not french (laughs) Um, desiree clary has met the love of her life and his name is napoleon in the beginning of the movie before he changes it it's bonaparte but then he changes it to bonaparte i don't know why but their love is a difficult one as napoleon's rise through the military ranks takes him away from her and they both eventually marry other people years later as napoleon seems destined to rule the known world the two cross paths and attempt to rekindle their romance but when napoleon's reign comes to an end their relationship may not be able to survive i liked this one better because it's it's a little bit more believable. I wasn't at first I was like Marlon Brando playing Napoleon and then I saw it and I was like okay, he's kind of pulling it off. And you don't you think of Napoleon you think like um stature impaired, you know, the Napoleon syndrome. And Marlon Brando's not a small dude. He he definitely kind of pulled it off and at least he wasn't playing an ethnicity that was completely out of his ballpark. So yeah, that's my double feature two Marlon Brando historical biopics in which he plays military revolutionaries. Nice. All right. That's going to wrap us up on the midnight double feature for this week, bringing us to the feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a predetermined film 
and we watch it in advance and then we talk about it a little bit and then just for shits and giggles we hypothetically recast it with contemporary actors who are at the height of their powers and the first film is a controversial one it is the last tango in paris from 1972 uh directed by bernardo berlucci and he was also the director of the the last emperor right the, yeah, that's right and this has an 85 percent on rotten tomatoes i feel like that might be a little bit high agreed um Distraught following his wife's suicide, American hotelier Paul, played by Marlon Brando, becomes transfixed by a beautiful younger Frenchwoman named Jean, played by Maria Schneider. When he meets her by chance at an apartment both are attempting to rent, the couple begin an extended but purely anonymous sexual relationship in which they do not even tell each other their names. But soon it becomes clear that the couple's deliberate level of disassociation cannot continue. The movie itself, just from the for the amount of um, sexual content, made it controversial. Yep. It's NC-17, right? right? But there's more to that controversy. Am I correct? Yes. Could you give us a little... I will. Okay. All right. There's a scene <clears throat> in which Brando uses butter as a lubricant and sodomizes her. And I watched this scene and I felt really fucking uncomfortable Did watching Did you know about it ahead no. of time? No, I knew okay. nothing about this. I felt really fucking uncomfortable watching it. So I typed into Google last tango in Paris. And the second fucking thing that pops up is butter. Mm -hmm. And um, I read more than one article, but I heard that she had no idea that this was happening. That's what I have heard as well. And then I heard how much this director took advantage of them and how fucking disgusting he was. Mm -hmm. And I refused to watch the rest of the film. And I was fucking refused to check it in. Was brando complicit though yes he was um i do have a quote from the fucking director yeah. and this just uh, nails in the coffin so he says it was in the script that brando had to rape her in a way mm -hmm. and we were we were having breakfast him and brando on the floor of the flat where we were shooting and there was a baguette and there was butter and we looked at each other and without saying anything, we knew what we wanted. But I've been in a way horrible to Maria because I didn't tell her what was going on because mm. I wanted her reaction as a girl, not an actress. I wanted her to react humiliated. If it goes on, she shouts, no, no. And I think that she hated me and also Marlon because we didn't tell her. And there was that detail of the butter used as a lubricant. And I still feel very guilty for that. Fuck you. Fuck this guy. That's fuck so this guy and this fuck this movie. Up. So awful. <clears throat> and I think that that pretty much spells out the the controversy. Um, yep. Man, like today that hopefully that would result in somebody being put in prison. I think so. I don't um, I don't know though. I fucking don't buy this because you still hear this trope of I wanted the reaction as yeah. a real human not as an actress and it's like fuck you it's no you it. don't get to do that well we mentioned the um the Bruce Willis aphasia thing mm -hmm. uh we failed to mention that the Razzies have rescinded their Bruce oh, yeah. Willis award uh in light of that diagnosis 
Um, but they also rescinded an award for Shelley Duvall or named after Shelley, Shelley Duvall or was I, it her I Razzie? Think it was, I think it was her Razzie. Her Razzie for The Shining yep. because of the um, the treatment she received. Infamous yeah. treatment she received from the director, Stanley Kubrick. And there has to be another way. Well, like, I don't think that tricking people into well, a performance yeah, it, is... And this, this by no means even comes close to this kind of violation, but it's like when a director tells a, uh, an actor, I want you to punch him, and he doesn't tell the other actor that mm-hmm. you're going to be punched because he wants a real reaction. That's bullshit. You've got to... It's informed consent. You have to let your actors know what's going to happen. Otherwise, you are assaulting them by proxy. And all of that, we're keeping all of that in mind as we recast this movie. Chelsea, do you have recasts? Yeah, I do. Okay. The roles of recasting are Paul, played by Marlon Brando, Jean or Jean, played by Maria Schneider, and then Tomas, played by Jean-Pierre Lyot. We should talk about who he is. He's her, he is uh, Jean's boyfriend. Who is a yes. director yes. slash actor, Gonzo director, uh-huh. and, and she, he's forcing her into his film, always shooting with his crew of people. So, Chelsea, who is your pick for Paul? Well, Paul's a piece of shit, so there's only one person that comes to mind, uh-huh. and that's fucking John Ham. John Ham! We brought out the ham. The ham salad is on the table. <laughs> Right on. Uh, how did I know? I know, right? <laughs> All right, over to you, Sean. Who's your pick for Paul? Well, I'm recasting this film as The Last Tango in Paris, Texas. Oh, okay. I love it. It's all American actors. So my actor is 48 years old as uh-huh. well. Um, he was in My Dead Dad. My Dead Dad. He was in Scary Movie 5. Mm-hmm. And most recently, he was in Red Rocket. I went with Simon Rex. Simon Rex. Okay. What was the middle one you said? Uh, Scary Movie 5. Okay. And the first one, My Dead Dad. I bet neither of those movies are as good as Red Rocket. Oh, no. no. All right. My pick is kind of a face value pick, but also kind of a um, he's got major acting chops pick. He's 54 now, a little bit older. Uh, He was in a movie with Meg Ryan called In the Cut. He's in a movie called The Kids Are All Right. And he's in a movie called Foxcatcher. His mm. name is Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Ruffy. That's Mark good. Ruffalo. Yep. Chelsea. I see. Can I you like see it? it? Yeah, but he's way too fucking sweet. Yeah, you, you right? would never do that. I can't. You wouldn't do that. All right, next we've got Jean, 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 Janine. Jeannie. Played by Maria Schneider. Uh, sister of John Schneider, who was a Dukes of Hazard, And she was only 19 at the time of this movie. Yeah. When it came out, she was 19. Chelsea, who's your pick for this? My actress was in Suicide Squad, Paper Towns, Anna... Car- I can never say this. Karenina? Anna Karenina. I, I can't say it. I get lost on those ends. I went with, and I also cannot say her last name, Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Who is a survivor of the Me Too movement and fucking Harvey Weinstein, that piece of shit? True, true. Good parallel. I like it. Over to you, Sean. Who's your pick? I'm with an actress who's 19 years old. She was in Uncle Frank, Hansel mm. and Gretel, and she was in It and its subsequent sequel where all the adult What was the men, sequel called? I don't know. It Returns, It Lives. <laughs> Just It, it too. Part 2, <laughs> where all the adult men were lusting after her and we were supposed to be along for the ride. I went with Sophia Lillis. 
Hmm. All right. Well, I've got an actress who apparently I've I've chopped before um, because I recognize some of her credits. She was she's 22 now. Uh, she was in 47 meters down uncaged the book thief and the kid detective. Her name is Sophie Nelis. Nice. Sophie Nelis. We got one more and it is Tomas. He's kind of a, he's kind of a cuck Tomas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, in this scenario, Mm -hmm. but he is also portrayed as, like you said, the gonzo director. We keep that in mind. And, you said always shooting, always shooting. He's married to his job more so than to his wife. All right, Chelsea, who do you got for this? Well, I've got the king of cucks right now, Pete Davidson. Pete, why is Pete <laughs> Davidson the king of cucks? Because of the him dating Kim Kardashian and That's the stupid. ongoing fucking saga between Kim, Kanye, and Pete. And he is playing right the fuck into it he is being a cuck they are all cucks i feel they need like to shut the fuck up i feel like he shouldn't have done that no like his career was going pretty good did you hear about what he texted kanye no so uh, kanye's pissed like, off that- hey man shut the fuck up no kanye's pissed that kim keeps posting the kids on social media specifically north but then pete starts to insert himself and then texts a picture like oh what are you doing and he's like in your wife's bed and like takes a selfie and sends it to him so you've got pete davidson and i wish he would make better decisions in his relationships that's what makes him a cuck over to you sean (laughs) all right gonzo director and uh cuck over the 37 year old actor he was in zoolander he was in Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. Mm-hmm. He was in Brigsby Bear. Yes. With Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney. Are, um, are you guys both doing an SNL thing? No. Okay. Mine's just the Americans. I only had one SNL. But just for this pick, you're doing you're doing SNL? You guys did I only had one SNL. All right. Well, my pick for Tomas is a very continental actor. And so much so that you can't actually get a bead on what European country he's actually from. He was in a movie called Best Enemies and The Room. His name is Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) Tommy Wiseau (laughs) is going to be my Tomas. Speaking of gonzo directors. And you don't know how old he is. No, there's you can't find an age or a country of origin. He's like a mystery wrapped in a riddle. All right, so uh, final thoughts on Last Tango in Paris, Texas. Don't fucking watch this movie. Don't watch it. Chelsea has strong feelings about it. Uh, I think everyone should. Yeah, I just... There's better out there if you're looking for a well-made erotic drama. Mm -hmm. I Without the creep factor? Without the creep factor, without the rape, yeah, but but yeah, but I mean, there's, I'm I'm trying to keep it what's on film and outside of all the controversy, but even yeah, there's better out there. There's Mm -hmm. better stuff out there, and I I don't really understand why the high rating. That really does seem strange to me. Fair enough. I I agree with both of you. I think that uh, there is some some strength of performance in this movie, but not enough to justify the lengths that they went to, to get those performances. 
So that's going to bring us into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some cannolis. Anything else? I can't remember. Orange Julius. <laughs> Orange Julius Caesar. Yes. Yes. Caesar salad. Because <laughs> I always like that haircut. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the brew boss. And me, Chelsea, the regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All morning long! And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if you think you can handle it. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem! Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale! He's He's out out of of his mind. mind! Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy! Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And we are back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during intermission. Hope you enjoyed the advertisements and the radio ads during intermission. When we come back from intermission, Sean, what do we like to do? Your check-ins. And so the first one that we're checking in, in honor of Marlon Brando and his birth date, is Stella Artois. Yes. And I'm glad that you picked these up because I was going around looking for a single. I didn't want a whole six pack of them. There's nothing wrong with Stella. It's fine. It's a nice European lager, but it's also, it's Stella, you know, it's basically the Budweiser of, you know, of Europe. Yeah. But as like import beers go, it's like regular import beers it's it's decent it's very relatable to people who aren't into a big variety of beer i would say correct but i still wouldn't kick her out of bed wouldn't kick her out of bed we wait we have another beer check-in we have a couple of check-ins there's a couple check-ins we got another one this is uh straight from your local brewery it's seminar brewing that's seminarbrewing.com and this is one that i picked up today to go you the customers can also get these to go in four packs of 16 ounce cans and it's a new zealand ipa called silly pukeko silly pukeko which i believe a pukeko is a bird? I think so. I think so, too. And this uh, this beer was inspired by uh, head brewer Jamie and former seminar employee slash manager Trevor and their trip to New Zealand. They, they went uh, backpacking across New Zealand, and that was... You can't fucking read anything on this can. Well, I wouldn't know because I never learned how to read. No, like, the text is... 
it hurts my face looking at it. I can't mm. read it. I see what you're saying. It's Does like, your face hurt? Because it's killing me. It, <laughs> it's white text with the orange stroke on an orange leaf. Uh, I would call that a graphic design shortcoming. Fair enough. That's being polite. All right. So while we enjoy that, we are going to the 2022 movie marathon. And as of this recording, we are on the 91st day of the year. Is that right? I think so. Hold on. Here we go. 91st day of the year. And I'm on number 92. I'm one ahead of the day. I'm on 110. 110 and? 104. 104. Very respectable. And Chelsea, you're not going to give us any check-ins today because you don't have anything of note. No, I really only got to the three movies for this podcast this week. Fair enough. I mean, we have full-time jobs other than this. For the listeners, we don't get paid for this. Sean, go ahead and give me your first check-in. I'm going to check week. in a Brando movie. This is an iconic one. Uh, this is one that you see on posters. You see it's been imitated. It's been spoofed and parodied on SNL and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm going with The Wild One. Oh, yeah, I'm a wild one. From 1953. My review, more like The Mild One. I did I did see that. Yes. After seeing spoofs and send-ups, I finally watched this one. While she enjoyed a long career, I'm surprised Mary Murphy isn't a more well-known actress. She was totally adorable in this one. He's the leader of a fucking motorcycle gang. He's the leader of the pack? Yep. And they roll into town, and these ruffians start trouble in the very quiet corner of California. And uh, in the process, Marlon Brando's character falls for the young lady who works in the cafe whose uh-huh. father is also the sheriff of oh, a very I, small either town. the sheriff or the preacher yeah but the sheriff's kind of on his side but the neighboring police force have a beef with brando and his ruffians and mm-hmm. it's just dumb so i have two questions how far removed time-wise is this from rebel without a cause probably fairly contemporary neck and neck is what i would say and the same sentiments how different is it um very similar in that it's like i'm a rebel i'm a bad guy it's like don't you see my leather jacket but but by today's standards you're like are you yeah are you really (laughs) what have you done bad lately no okay yeah you didn't say excuse me yeah you didn't didn't hold the door open yeah 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 you you're you're bad news brother all right. I like it. Uh, my first check-in is going to be one that was suggested to me by friend of the show, Marco. Fuck that guy. And <laughs> it's called The Hyperions. The Hyperions. It's a 2022 movie, and it's a non-traditional superhero movie that hits all the right notes, at least for me. Did you guys see this? I know of this movie. I've not seen it. Okay, so it stars Carrie Elwes, mm-hmm. and he's the only at least the only name that I recognized in it, but he's a scientist who invents the Titan badge in the 1960s. And it allows him to give superpowers to kids, but only if particular superpower and only if they're wearing their badge. And then some things run amok and he decides to start rotating out the kids for the superhero roles. And then two of the now adult former Hyperians want their badges back 
I thought it was great. Uh, one review I read online said it was as if Wes Anderson directed a superhero movie. Okay. And I agree with that. It's funny you should say Wes Anderson. In my next check-in, I'm going to mention Wes okay. Anderson. I watched 1998's The Celebration on, the cri- celebration. on Criterion. The Celebration. This is a, uh, a Danish film. Okay. And I say, picture a Danish mm, version. Danish. Picture a Danish version of the Royal Tenenbaums with even more dysfunctional family dynamics, and you're almost there. Give uh, me a little bit more because I might have seen this. A, a celebration of the patriarch. Give me a little bit smorgas. Okay. A celebration of the patriarch's 60th birthday goes south when family secrets come to light. I've totally seen this. It's great. This movie's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I love it. It just when you think it's gonna stop, it just keeps getting mm-hmm. cringier and cringier. Yeah, and oh, then this is great, dude. and then racism. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucked up. It is. Uh, it's worth a watch. I recommend this one. It's my one of the week. I'm gonna also like tacitly recommend it because I know that I've seen it and I think that I liked it. Uh, by the way, I popped open a uh, new anthem brewing. Oh, Radical shit. Sun. Radical Sun. Radical Sun. Locals rule. It's an American pale ale with Amarillo, Centennial, and Simcoe. And New Anthem is out of Wilmington, North Carolina. All right. Mm. So my next one is going to be Jockey, the story of brief underwear. Actually, it's a compelling drama that sheds light on the brutal existence of racehorse jockeys. I'm going to struggle on the names of the actors in this we've got an aging jockey who was very successful is very successful but he has sustained injuries over his career and out of nowhere a young aspiring jockey comes into his uh realm of existence and claims to be his illegitimate son Mm. and i do remember the name of the actor who plays the son his name is moises arias Moises Arias, who's done some good things. I liked it. It had been on my radar for a little while. I'm glad I finally got to see it. All right. Well, I've got one more. It's number 90 for me, and it's Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile is the newest adaptation of the Agatha Christie stories directed by Kenneth Branagh, in which he plays Hercule Perrault, the greatest detective in the world. And they do an origin story on his mustache oh, Jesus. in this movie. I liked it better than Murder on the Orient Express. I think it's a, a perfectly fine popcorn mystery, even though I did figure out who the, who the perpetrator was before the end. All right. So that wraps us up on the 2022 movie marathon for this week. Bringing us to the second part of our feature segment the recast continues. Part two. And this is going to be one that I think that we all can say we prefer to the first part, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is one that I am ashamed to say I had never seen until this year, this week. And I'm amazed at how much I did not know about the plot. Like, you know, the tropes and you know, the, the outstanding lines, the oft quoted lines but until you actually watch it, geez Louise, this is an excellent movie in my opinion. It's A Streetcar Named Desire from 1951, directed by Elia Kazan. It's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Disturbed Blanche Dubois moves in with her sister in New Orleans and is tormented by her brutish brother-in-law while her reality 
crumbles around her. Now, having seen this for the first time just this week, and I did watch it in two parts, and it kind of felt like the first half and the second half were two separate movies. But at first, I was like, Stanley's a fucking asshole. And then I was like, oh, Blanche is crazy. And then I was like, oh, well, Stella is allowing things to happen and basically being a what's the word for somebody who enabler an enabler yes <laughs> and i walked away from it saying yes this is amazing this is an amazing movie this is this there are some amazing performances but there are no heroes right there are no heroes in this movie maybe the maybe the woman upstairs not even uh maybe the maybe the psychiatrist at the end what else? What else? I want to hear just, your guys' opinion about this. It's typical of Tennessee Williams. Family drama. Uh, everybody's fucked up. Everybody's kind of sleazy, much like the fugitive kind. Everybody's got their dirt. And it's only exacerbated by these close quarters that they're living in, in this tiny mm-hmm. apartment in New Orleans. So I think the reason that that film has a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes is because of the play, the the things Tennessee Williams wrote. Because I watched this movie for the first time, but yeah. I've read this play and seen it performed many times. Okay. I did not like this movie. So do you feel like the play hit some notes that this did not? Because I've never seen the play. I, well, here's the thing. The, I read it before I saw it. So I already had something in my head. And nothing will measure up to that. Right. But the play was really good to read. It was an actual page turner as plays go. I definitely thought that uh, Brando pulled off the brutish, uh, brutish husband. But there was also scenes where he was vulnerable, like about being called a brute or a Polak. There was definitely scenes where he was abusive to women in his life. Let me ask you guys. The night where uh, Blanche goes to the hospital and is about to give birth and he comes home alone, was he about to rape her? I think that's the implication. All right. So let me ask you this. That same night earlier in the evening when Mitch comes by and he's drunk and he says, no, I don't want I don't think I want to marry you anymore. But he's being kind of aggressively close to her. Mm -hmm. Was he about to rape her? I don't think so. Okay. I think it was this two sides of him, mm-hmm. like this side of wanting to want this thing, but yes. realizing like, whoa, she's the crazy train. I need to get the yep. fuck out of here. Yep. Fair. Anything else we need to say about the movie before we get into recasting it? No, just you got to. My recast is amazing. So let's go. We need to watch this movie if you have not already. The first role that we're going to recast is Blanche Dubois, played by Vivian Lee. And Vivian Lee was brought in for star power, uh, replacing the original Broadway cast member, Jessica Tandy, as we mentioned last week. Mm. Chelsea, who do you have as Blanche? I'm choosing Hillary Burton. Hillary Burton. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's married to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, oh, Negan. Yeah, Negan. She's but married. she was also on a CW sitcom. This this recast is inspired by you, my dude. Are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. So what do I have to do with the CW? You'll find the <laughs> fuck out soon enough. 
<laughs> I, I've never actually even watched the yeah. CW. Wait, is that what used to be the WB? Yes. And they combined with UPN? Yes. yes. Is that right? You are so on top of it, man. All right. So, Sean, your pick for Blanche. Oh, man. I love this pick. I fucking love this pick. Um, this is going to be her big uh, dramatic breakthrough. Okay. She's 38 years old. She is a voice on the Magic School Bus. Okay. Oh, she was on Rough Night. She was on Bombshell. She was on the all-girl Ghostbusters. I'm going with Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Right on. Now, uh, Kate McKinnon, obviously amazing comedian. Uh, we have yet to see her in a dramatic role, I think. Um, will her personal sexuality, she is a lesbian, correct? Mm-hmm. correct. Will that come into play into the character? No. I don't, I don't think so. She's Doesn't an actress. Doesn't need to. No. Doesn't need to. Okay. But it might add in a in like a modern remake, it might add an element. A wrinkle. Yeah. I don't even think so. I think she's good at yeah. I'm, being I'm, hot I'm, for I'm men. Picturing, mm-hmm. I'm picturing her playing it yeah. straight, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So do you think the rumors about Blanche in Oriole were true? About the Flamingo Hotel and her running through all those men? She basically admitted it. Yeah. And to getting it on with a 17-year-old student and for causing her young lover's suicide. She wasn't the greatest. My pick from, or for, Blanche Dubois is 39 now as well. She was in Escape to Witch Mountain. I think the remake. She's in The Old Man and the Gun and The Invisible Man. Her name is Elizabeth Moss. Ew, we hate her. I like her. No, she's a Scientologist. Well, maybe she was born into it. Next, we've got Stanley Kowalski, played by Marlon Brando. I'm sorry, Brandon Marlowe. I really hope there's an actor somewhere out there named Brandon Marlowe. My actor was in House of Wax, A Cinderella Story, Freaky Friday. I went with Chad Michael Murray. Didn't you get really mad at me for picking him? I really fucking did. Okay. <laughs> it was a great movie. Okay. And you recast this dumbass. <laughs> Sean, over to you, buddy. Sorry, uh, do I need to keep doing the cues? No, no. Yeah, over to you, Sean. <laughs> uh, this actor's 26. Ironically, he played Caesar in the TV miniseries The Offer. It's in pre-production, I guess. Yeah, The Offer is a, a story about the making of The Godfather. Yeah. So uh, he is also, uh, he's been in The Mandalorian. He's Mando. A, he was in a film called Eat Brains Love. Okay. And he was in Nurse Jackie. Ooh, love that show. His name is Jake Cannavale. Oh, Jake yeah. Cannavale. Not Bobby, but Jakey. Yeah, I can see it. I like yours a little bit better than mine, actually. I um I went pure face value, but he's going to have to bulk up. Okay. Uh, to play the role of Stanley, he's going to ha- actually have to work in the machine shop and uh, get a little bit more ripped. But he's 28 now as well. He was in The Goldfinch. He was in West Side Story and Baby Driver. I went with Ansel Elgort. Yeah, I, get, I shopped him. I shopped him. Yep. Ansel Elgort. Uh, next, we've got Stella, played by Kim Hunter, who was 30 at the time. Not classically beautiful. No. But definitely had a presence. And she was a complicated character as well. Everybody in this movie has their baggage, their pitfalls yeah. and their baggage. And 
gosh, it's just... I think that's an, what makes them so relatable. It's an intriguing story. It really is. You should read the play. I don't know. I would have to first learn how to read. And then... <laughs> All right. Chelsea, who is your pick for Stella? My actress was in John Tucker Must Die, some mm-hmm. weird movie called The Hitcher, some other weird movie called Stay Alive. I went with Sophia Bush. Sophia Bush. She's the uh, little known Bush triplet. Yeah. The third of the Bush mm-hmm. triplets. Yeah, nailed it. Sean, what do you got? My actress is 28 years old. She was in um, The Bling Ring, The Final Girls, and American Horror Story mm-hmm. with Tessa Farmiga. Tessa Farmiga. I like it. Um, little sister of Vera Farmiga, Correct. as we've established on this show. Many times. My actress for Stella is 34 now. She was in Practical Magic back All in right. the 90s. All right. She's in the Ides of March and Kajillionaire. I went with Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, nice. Evan Rachel Wood is going to be my Stella, and I think she can pull this off for real, considering some recent trauma in her life. Correct. We've got one more, and it is the role of Mitch. Mitch isn't even a hero. He might be one of the most decent people in the movie, but he's still not a hero. Yep. Uh, Played by Carl Malden. We've talked about Carl Malden before. Yep. Uh, He has a prominent proboscis, Mm -hmm. but that is, there's more, there's more to him than that. I think he's a pretty good actor. Would you not say so? Yeah. I love Carl Carl Malden's the shit, right? And uh, he's also was in a film with, Marlon Brando before on the waterfront on the waterfront, not to be confused with all is quiet on the Western front. Correct. Chelsea, who's your pick for Mitch? Well, if you haven't guessed my theme by now, you definitely won't get it by this pick. If you Um, didn't guess it by now. Was in some movie called Everyone is Doing Great from 2021. Some movie called Oculus from 2013. I went with James Lafferty. James Lafferty is one of my favorites, dude. Yeah, cool. No, he's the shit. Yeah. I mean, every time that he is like in a funny situation, I just Lafferty my ass off. And What's my theme then? Your theme. You went with John Michael Montgomery. Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Hillary Burton. Sophia Bush. James Lafferty. Oh, is it all people who ran for president? Their no. first names ran for president. It's... All the main characters from One Tree Hill, the stupid ass. <laughs> I don't know show. about One Tree Hill. Well, I know, but I fucking drop knowledge on you when you recast Chad Michael Murray. So this is that was the okay. CW show, right? Yeah. Oh, it fucking terrible. Okay. God, it was fucking terrible. So you went all One Tree Hill on me. I really did. Oh shit. Well, mine's no connection, and there's no theme in my pick. I went with a 38 year old actor. He was in The Wolf of Wall Street, Moneyball, Don't Look Up, and Super Bad. I went with Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. He's. I like it. But he's he's not old enough, is he? 38. Yeah. How old was Carl Malden? Uh, Carl Malden was 39. All right. Well, I uh, cast an actor who's 60 now. (laughs) He was in Casper, Music and Lyrics, and Gleason. I went with Brad Garrett. Nice. Oh, my God. Good pick. 
That is good. I mean, because he seems older, right? He could he still does. be. He could still be like worried about his mom. Mitch was very obsessed with his mom, even though she's sick. All right. Final thoughts on a streetcar named Desire. Have you ever ridden that streetcar before? No, I've not. And I would say watch the Fugitive Kind instead. No, I say read read the play version of this. I and say then watch the movie for the first time. No, read the play. Uh, all right. We do have a bonus segment which is going to be a battle royale between dunk baby and no not really it's going to be a battle royale between marlon brando marlon wayans and an actual marlin oh shit and the florida marlins no it, it is the fish no i want the baseball team they've got like a very pointy nose and like a sail as a fin i'm going with brando brando i'm going, I'm going, with, with, I'm going with the fucking fish I'm going weigh-ins. Oh, shit. Nice. Split decision. Nice. Love it. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Chelsea, I want to thank you for doing everything that you did this week. And is there anything that you would like to plug? No, but I apologize for missing the second half. I Last week, I just could not stop sneezing. No, understood. Understood. You're allergic to bullshit. So yes. that's understandable. I want to thank the engineer, my co-host and co-producer. Thank you for doing everything that you do. Uh, anything that you want to plug? I want to give a shout out to my new neighbors next yes. door. Here's hoping that they're okay. With podcasting. <laughs> uh, do you know what next week's episode is? <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Russia, the films of Steven Seagal. His name's Steve Siegel, and I'm lethal. And when we smoke weed, we look like Vietnamese people. Ironically, our peers, uh, the Dollop podcast, they did a, or are in the midst of a two-parter on Steven Siegel, which is actually his name before he changed it to Seagal to sound more cool. And apparently he's a real piece of shit, but we're still going to talk about a couple of his movies but I do have a uh, sneak preview question and answer for next week's trivia dealing with Steven Seagal. I really, I, I'm torn about which one of you is going to get this first. Steven Seagal has three children with what American actress and model? Kim Cattrall. No. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I, I'm, I thought for sure one of you would know this. It's Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock oh, and Steven shit. Seagal were married for many That's years. That's right. And have they sure were. Three children yeah. together. Yes. It's a weird science. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and all of your podcatcher apps. We are hosted online natively on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook. Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com if you feel the need to email this podcast. We're also at Cinema Chop Shop on Instagram. Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped, where we check in all of these awesome beers. And then on YouTube, we are Cinema Chop Shop Podcast, where you can watch an audio version of a show <laughs> and finally farewell thank you to you the listeners uh fuck putin fuck will smith and free ukraine and please remember to watch, watch chop, chop retrofit. retrofit hashtag dunk baby 